Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some very elite entrepreneurs. Why? Because, you know, I like to know what makes other people successful so I can steal all their great ideas and make them my own, or I can just learn what else will help me to be successful. My guest today is going to talk about something that maybe I don't have as much experience in, hint, hint, being an introvert, but that he has really found to be a superpower. So let me tell you about him. Steve Friedman wrote his own memoir called In Search of Courage, where he realized that the common thread of introversion that he thought was actually a curse most of his life was in fact a blessing. Now he says, you know, to be honest, he wore a mask at work for many years, coped with stress by acting at the role at work. And we all know how that can be, where we try to be what we think we are expected to be. And he, uh, he also says, you know what? I was also like overcompensating by maybe even also over drinking at business trips and social events. I have never known that to be the case for myself. <laughs> I laugh terribly. I try not to do that as well. But now he embraces his own introversion. And uh, that has been his path to become a happier person, a happier Steve. And now his purpose is to help others, help other introverts, especially to accelerate their journey, to discover their strengths and how to apply them at home, at work, and use those elements to overcome past obstacles, definitely, but to find joy, pride, and confidence in life. Now he is also a new author again of his new book, The Corporate Introvert, How to Lead and Thrive with Confidence. And uh, I think not only, I might be not an introvert, but I have a feeling we're going to learn some lessons that all of us can use. So Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, you're, what you bring up is really, really important. And I really appreciate also your honesty about, you know, hey, you know, this trying to put on a mask to be what you think you should be it can put you in some bad situations, things that aren't good for your physical health, your mental health. So I think your lesson is going to be really well re received here, but I hit some of the highlights of your bio. Tell us a little bit more about you, what you're doing today and how this is something you do to help others shock their potential. So great. Thanks. Thanks again. Um, so what I've found is that introversion is not a state of being, it's a journey. And I didn't realize that when I was younger, you know, I think that that there are signs, even at the earliest of ages, you know, my mom wanted me to go out and play with the kids. And so I would play, but, you know, her idea was to play all day. My idea was I'm going to play for about 30 minutes because I want to come back in and do my own hobbies and read. And that was where I had my comfort zone. Um, I had three older sisters. They battled for phone time um, back in the day when there were phones on the wall. <laughs> And, in a long, uh, long cord, and you wanted to get away from your family. Exactly. Hold so it into the closet. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> exactly. Um, I myself couldn't really understand that. The, using the phone was not anything high on my list of, of things. I realized later on that 
you know, of the stages that um, introversion presents, I was in the first stage, which I would call unaware for decades, for at least my first 20 years of life. I was just not aware. I hadn't heard the term introversion. I didn't know about it. So to me, I just felt like I was different. And, um, you know, I was treated differently. I felt differently. Everybody else seemed to be having fun with their friends at school or at parties or whatever. And I felt just different. And um, then that led into around my early 20s, led into the second stage, which I call um, uninformed. So I mm -hmm. heard the term introversion that sounded like me, um, but I didn't really learn a lot about it. And so when you, you connect with a label, which is good and bad, but when you connect with a label, then without studying it, you try tend to gravitate towards thinking that the myths and stigmas and stereotypes of that label must be true. Mm -hmm. So all I heard was, oh, introversion is the opposite of extroversion. So if extroverts uh -huh. are confident and loud and strong and decision makers <laughs> and sociable people, then I am the opposite, right? So I, I'm a loner, I'm antisocial, I'm not uh -huh. confident at work. And it really was difficult because around that period, I entered corporate America, and I was surrounded I thought I was surrounded by all these people that were much more confident than I was. And yeah. I felt like I knew what I was doing in my job, but anytime I was interfacing and, you know, that's all a huge part of any job Absolutely. with other people, it just really um, was difficult for me. Only after, for me, it was kind of my mid-career by the time I moved to the third phase, which I call enlightenment. So it was finding either someone or something to change my path. So for mm -hmm. me, it was primarily reading Susan Cain's book, Quiet, which is kind of the Bible for introverts in the 21st century. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so great book if, if uh, listeners have heard about that. Um, read that. And it really changed things around. And it started to make me realize, well, this is just, everybody's different in the world. And this is just um, the way I kind of operate. And that doesn't mean that it's a burden, as you were saying, it's really a blessing. There's a lot of strengths that introverts bring to the table. And mm -hmm. so it started me on the path of learning. And that, that phase I found, and I think a lot of other people find is actually a very quick phase because it's exciting suddenly we realize it's not all gloom and doom but there's exciting opportunities for us to to be able to manage ourselves and do well in meetings and networking and communications at work but we have to do it our way and when we feel empowered to do that then mm -hmm. then dreams become possible um, so the fourth phase is contentment it's kind of getting our head around that and saying you know i'm I'm good with all this. I'm happy with who I am. I'm happy to be alone when I want to be alone. And I'm happy to do things um, that I otherwise couldn't do. And I balance my energy levels and things like that. And then mm -hmm. the fifth phase, which some introverts don't approach and, and others do is what I call flourishing. And that's really okay. I'm not only am I content, but I'm, I'm confident. And I think about those dreams and ambitions that I had maybe earlier in life, or I thought other people had that were not available to me. And I think, actually, I can do those things. You know, I can be a team leader. I can be an author. I can be a speaker. Right. I can do things that, frankly, scared the crap out of me when I was younger, <laughs> but I can do them and I can be proud of, of doing them. But the key is to do them my way. And right. um, so that journey has um, helped me, but it really is what drives me today to do what I'm doing, because I think 
for many people, that journey, even to contentment, can take all their lives or most of their lives. And I've heard from many people uh, through my connections that say, you know, I'm 50, I'm 60, and I'm still kind of struggling with this. And so if through my books and my discussions, I can help people accelerate their journey to mm-hmm. find their true peace and um, ambitions at a much earlier age, then, then that's just a, that's just a, a blessing for, for me. And I just enjoy trying to have that impact with other people. Steve, so many things, I've just been taking notes nonstop, but so many things I love about what you've shared, but, and, and I'm like, I can't even start about what I love, but I, I love the fact you said things that I didn't know were even open to me. Mm. That's a really powerful statement because I don't, and, and like you were, and I were talking a little bit before we started taping, you know, everybody, there are so many differences with people and, and we still, I think that we're getting better as a society and as human nature to understand there's not one size fits all for success or what the perfect leader looks like, or the perfect, you know, a work environment. There's so many different things when we embrace what, Mm. what we, who we are no matter what it is. Um, and that's so great because I do think that we think if we're not like that prototypical whatever, that there are things that we can't access, which is not true. But what I really love with your steps here, I was unaware, then I was uninformed, then I was unenlightened, you know, then, then reached enlightenment, then contentment, then flourishing. Um, I told you I was going to uh, correlate this a little bit to myself. Um, I always knew there was, I mean, I'm a big extrovert. But I always knew there was something quote unquote wrong with me. And what I meant by wrong with me um, was um, my, just kind of the level of my exhaustion or my stress or all these things that were, I just associated with being part of being an extrovert. Now I know after the last year or so um, that I'm considered highly sensitive. And that doesn't mean like I get my feelings hurt often, although that is part of it, but highly sensitive is that I actually have my central nervous system works differently than others. Mm -hmm. And by it working differently than others, I was unaware, you know, I I didn't even know that that was a thing. And Mm -hmm. then I was uninformed enough, but it, when I became aware, it made me very excited to learn more because then I didn't feel so alone. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, my whole life, here's my enlightenment that I could (laughs) have been you know, managing things better or not burning out or not getting so stressed or, you know, not having, you know, one too many, you know, glasses of champagne at the the work cocktail event. (laughs) I'm not fully to contentment yet, but I have been working with a group that, that works with highly sensitive people. I am reaching some contentment and Mm -hmm. it is amazing. I never knew it was possible. Um, I would say that I'm starting to flourish because now I'm operating from those strengths. And, and the fact that you say this, you know, now I knew there were things that I didn't know were open to me, no matter what anybody who's listening is facing, you can go through that same journey. I think that your journey Mm -hmm. is not just for introverts to learn about, but all of us who have felt different because we all feel different. We just think that other person has it way better together than we do. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I I was talking to somebody and I said, you know, and we were having a good debate about labels, the value of labels, the problems with labels. And I said, you know, I I think for us, having a label for ourselves I think is helpful because when I can label, when I can say introversion is part of me, it's not all of me, but it's part of me. Then I can say, well, now I want to learn more about that instead of if we just feel, oh, I'm different. I'm, I'm, 
I feel alone, I an feel antisocial or I have anxiety, I'm not sure where to go to learn more about that. And once right. we start that cycle, whether it's for um, empathy, high, high empath people or introverts or anybody else, then we start to learn and shed all these myths that, that bother us. Um, you know, I think if, if everybody put labels on their forehead of all the issues and challenges and, and parts of our personality we had, you know, our, our forehead would be full, even mine without a lot of hair. And, <laughs> you know, we all have our challenges, but I think that, I think part of it is, is learning about them ourselves. And then it's also sharing them with others. And that's one of the things that I talk about in, in uh, the book is, um, you know, gain confidence in who you are and learn about it and how to use your strengths and start to share who you are. You know, oftentimes we live in this uh, and maybe any of these kind of groups, we live in this bubble where we're just kind of embarrassed or maybe even shameful of, of who we are. And, and that's a horrible place to be, but yeah. it's, it's, it starts from early ages. I mean, my introversion and my sense of, of discomfort and low self-esteem started when I was a little kid in yeah. formative years and they always talk about that really forms a lot of our personality it doesn't mean that it can't be changed uh you and i may be good examples of people that have kind of shed some of the challenges that we had earlier by learning and then if we can share that with others i think it gives it empowers us to truly be ourselves without having to wear that mask and and it educates other people it's part of i think the diversity and inclusion wave that we've seen over the last several decades and that continues to to roll and i think introversion is part of that wave where we are um, part of that diverse mindset at work and we need to be around the meeting tables and the boardrooms and things like that to help companies and teams develop um, well thought out and balanced approaches. If you just have extroverts, it's going to look a little different, right? It's going to be and a little chaotic. <laughs> could very likely be. Just as if you just have introverts around the table, um, and and roughly half of society are introverts. So it's yeah. roughly split, and more than likely half of the workplaces are also introverts and extroverts. And so we should make sure that everybody has kind of equal time at the table because then we yeah. develop creative ideas and we solve problems that we couldn't solve before. And we're matching the consumers that we're, that each company is trying to meet uh, and yeah. deliver products to, you know, if it's all extroverts trying to deliver a product to a mixture of introverts and extroverts, half the, half the um, consumers are kind of turned off by that. So yeah, I think there's a great absolutely. opportunity for, uh, for businesses and teams as well. This is, it's really brilliant, Steve, because you're absolutely right. I mean, now we're having dialogues about diversity in a much different way. So yes, gender diversity, yes, racial and ethnic diversity, those things are important, but the types of personalities were really, what you're really talking about here, and I absolutely agree with, is understanding that this is how our society is. We are diverse of all these different mm -hmm. things. Then let's represent it appropriately in the workplace. I think where people face the challenge, and you can tell me whether or not you agree with this statement, is that we become comfortable working with people who are like us. Mm -hmm. And most of it's not because we only want to be around those people, but we don't always know how to bridge the gap. So if you're a complete introvert and I'm a complete extrovert, I may not manage you well enough because I haven't figured out how to bridge that gap. But the more we talk about this, the more we can find ways, but we have to, that's, I mean, otherwise we then still operate in silos. And to your point, the end result is going to confuse or, or um, alienate part of your customer base anyway. Yeah, I, I 
definitely agree with what you just said. And I think it is hard for um, others um, it, relative to any uh, smaller group or less represented group. Um, but in this case, it's harder for extroverted leaders to connect with introverts. And, and oftentimes they might just not even feel comfortable to say, hey, you know, I since you're an introvert, can we talk about that? And let's talk mm -hmm. about how, how we can uh, work together in an create a strong bond and a strong team. And that's some, some leaders will do that. Many leaders or coworkers or teammates will not feel comfortable to have that conversation. So sometimes it is just incumbent upon ourselves as introverts to raise that issue. And it doesn't mean we have to put a billboard out on the highway, but we can have conversations one-on-one -on -one with coworkers. We can have conversations with our manager. I would definitely, um, I definitely advocate having that conversation because it changes the way way things happen. And, you know, there are great managers out there and there are not so great managers in some organizations, but the really good managers will welcome that conversation if for no other reason than it makes their team stronger and Absolutely. they can learn from it. And, um, and the strongest teams that I've worked on were things below the surface we got vulnerable we shared a little bit more about who we are that enabled us to support each other maybe we changed a little bit of what everybody does on the team to to uh, conform with the the strengths that each individual has and and you know that just makes for a stronger team but it all starts with having that conversation I agree. I love it. Oh gosh, we've been going so far so long, but I'm loving what we're talking about. Steve, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z.com. And we are back with Steve and we are talking about going beyond introversion. And um, what I want to talk about, I'm going to ask you a little, some, another question, but just before I get a, before I forget, so your new book just released. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we hit the title, let's hit the title again, the corporate introvert, how to leave and thrive, thrive with confidence. Um, tell me, tell us a little bit about the book and, and why you wrote it and what you want to accomplish with it. So it really, um, it connects. I spent 30 years in corporate America and had great experiences, but I also had difficult challenges, as we talked a little bit about in the first section session. And um, and I, I was a leader for more than half of my um, career. And I led for for part of that. I led the way I felt like I needed to lead when I looked around and I was just very uncomfortable and it led me to do things that were very unhealthy for me. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I retired or toward the end of my work experience, I, I went through that journey that we talked about and kind of approached enlightenment and contentment. And I felt like, you know what, I either need to change companies and jobs because this is just not working for me, or I need to actually um, bring out my true authentic self. And um, so many people would answer that sort of challenge with, well, I'm going to go change, but it's not about changing ourselves. It's about being ourselves. Right. And so when I realized that I was able to change the way I 
managed people, the way I led teams and motivated other people, the way I connected with other people and helped them to be their best selves, many of whom were introverts and that that were not comfortable to share either. And so when I had the opportunity um, to start writing this book, I felt like it was an opportunity to share my experience, and but also experience from many other people, both everyday leaders and introverts and, and more famous uh, introverts along with tips and models. So what was really important to me was I wanted to connect with other introverts that are in the workforce, but I also want them every chapter to to take away, here's some things I can, I can try that some of which will may not resonate, but many of which um, resonate with, with most introverts. And so I can apply these learnings to meetings as an example, and I can feel much more comfortable in meetings and be much more impactful. And that goes throughout the book um, in many different aspects. It really starts first and foremost with learning about ourselves and being confident in who we are authentically. Um, So before we jump into here's how you can be a better leader at meetings, we talk about here's how we can really connect with our genuine self. And if we do that, then we have the power to to go beyond. And that's what drove me to write the book was the opportunity to share that information with the roughly half the people out there. And and so I'm finding that some people are veteran um, veterans of corporate America, and but they've struggled with the um, stereotypes and cultures that they worked in for decades. Others are new leaders or aspiring leaders or college graduates that know that they're an introvert and concerned about coming into the corporate workforce mm-hmm. and how they can remain authentic. And so um, that's the audience for this book. And I'm excited to have the opportunity to share um, the models and messages that come out of the book. I love it. In fact, I just uh, did a, um, a webinar this week for a group of women in chemicals. And so I'd done some uh, um, some surveys with women in male-dominated industries. And, and I said, look, if if you're here today to have my top 10 tips about how to be, you know, stand out more, you know, being more present in a male-dominated society, I'm not going to tell you that. What I'm going to tell you is about how to embrace who you are authentically. Yeah. That's how you stand out. And, you know, let's level the playing field about whatever environment you're in. You're the common denominator that you can, you are the denominator that you can impact. So let's start there. And it was great. It was a great dialogue from there. We had some, some really good feedback. Um, so tell me, Steve, so it's one thing to go from that child that mom said, go play with the kids. I always laugh because my mom said, go play with those kids. They don't have any friends. So <laughs> I didn't have to, I did stay out all day, but uh, I had to play with the friends, the kids who had no friends, but you, you know, you wanted to play. You know, so you said, okay, mom, I'll play 30 minutes. And I go back and do the things I love. Then, you know, you look at yourself in corporate America and the way you were trying to adjust to be what, what you needed to be. Then you said, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm either going to change or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my, I'm just going to leave to bring out your authentic self. How has that come to play for you being an entrepreneur? Because entrepreneur journeys, a lot of people think, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a big extrovert, which is not true either. But I mean, what, what have you learned along your way as being an entrepreneur that you're taking in with all this other reflection that you've been doing about your life? You know, it's a very interesting journey because I think I I came a long way when I was in corporate America, but when I left and started writing and um, working on um, a website to connect with other people, I found that it's a completely different world. Mm -hmm. And it was a different challenge for me as well. And not 
not having the 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 experience or the confidence as a, a writer. I mean, I had written when I was a kid, but I, I this was new for me and connecting one-on-one -on -one with people was very new for me. And so I think that I was able to lean on the learnings that I had later in my, my work career that has really helped me. Um, many people will look at writing and say, oh, that's a very introvert friendly sort of environment. You know, you're do basically doing it by yourself. And, mm -hmm. and that was a big comfort for me naturally. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed that. However, I realized as I was writing my first book that, you know, I, I want my message to get out to other people because I think it make, can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly it's not just writing, but it's actually publishing and marketing the book. And so marketing, especially marketing is, you know, makes, makes a lot of introverts, including myself, kind of shake a little bit. This mm -hmm. is out of my comfort zone. And so um, I started to learn about that. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I read books. I talked to other people about, okay, what is book marketing and how do you do it? And that was helpful, right? Climb the learning curve. However, the problem is everybody, especially famous people on online <laughs> or their books, they have the magic formula and you must right. do this in order to sell yeah. books and you must do that in order to get your message out. And what I realized, I stepped back in the middle of that swarm of information and I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. I mean, if I've mm. learned anything over the last um, period of time, it is that I need to do it my way or else I'm going down the same path that I went down when I was in corporate America. And I know that's not good for me. And so I'm going, so I, I kind of coined the phrase for myself that I'm marketing with integrity. So like that. not that other people are doing things that are not um, honest or legal, but I was going to do things that I felt comfortable with and yeah. that I felt developed the relationship I wanted to have with readers and, and um, you know, people online and things like that. And if I didn't feel comfortable with it, it might work for somebody else, but it, it just wasn't my thing. And so I continue to go back to that and think about, you know, is this something that really I want to do? Now, that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that I'm extremely comfortable to do. Uh, I believe right. everybody, including introverts, need to stretch. So mm -hmm. I do ask, you know, is it something I don't want to do because I don't feel like it matches myself or am I just scared of it because I've never done that? Um, mm -hmm. Or do I just not have an interest in that sort of um, avenue for marketing? And any of the answers are okay. But if I'm, if I, if I feel like I'm going to regret not having tried certain things, then mm -hmm. I, that really pushes me and motivates me to go try it. And so yeah. I talk in the book about stretching our comfort zone, not leaping from our comfort zone and out of our comfort zone, but stretching. So I think that, I don't know if it's, it's just for introverts, but I think many people, you know, if we stretch our comfort zone, so we take our strengths and we do things a little bit differently, but not a leap then we're more apt to try them and we're more apt to have some successes. And so I stretch a little bit here and there, and then I stretch a little bit more in areas. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, Oh, I, I really don't like this. So yeah. I might keep trying and practicing it, or I give myself permission to say, you know what I tried, but this is not, this aspect is not for me. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to focus my energy somewhere else. And so I think it is a balance of, being confident in who we are and also stretching a little bit to try new things. And uh, we talked before the show about podcasts and my experience with podcasts. Mm -hmm. And that was something that a few years ago, I would never have, have uh, expected I would be on podcasts. It was nothing I'd done before. It was not. Anything now you're before. a pro man. You could do this all day long. <laughs> well, I, you know, I found that I stretched myself. I tried it. I practiced it. I did more and more. I gave myself some self-compassion along the way. 
but Beautiful. I found that I really enjoy it. I enjoy yeah. connecting with people, talking with people that have different experiences, answering questions about things that I'm comfortable and familiar with. And so I think that's part of all of our journey is just to continue to stretch, but give ourselves permission to kind of redefine where we're comfortable. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I really like this, the fact that you talked about, you know, marketing with integrity and not that other people aren't, but your own integrity, like what's important to you. And I loved how you said, you know, I asked myself, you know, is this something that I know is not good for me? And that's, those are really important questions because if I know it's not good for me, that's different than I'm a little, I'm uncomfortable doing that. Knowing it's not good for me means it does go against your definition of integrity or values or your authentic self. And that doesn't mean that whatever it is, or it's good or bad, but that you're making that decision for yourself, which is really, really important because that, that uh, feeling of control is what makes you come across more authentically. And I, then it feeds upon itself. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, it is. It is really knowing about ourselves and then really exerting that and having confidence in that. And those are some of the words, you know, authenticity and confidence that weren't really in my vocabulary when I was younger. And I think many introverts and many other people kind of struggle with that. But it's mm -hmm. not, like we said at the beginning, it's not a state of being. It's not like, well, this is who I am. Introverts don't have to be low, have low self-esteem and um, not be, um, and be limited in what they can do. That's not the definition of introversion. Um, mm -hmm. Introverts can do all of that sort of thing. They just, you know, need to help themselves along on a journey to, to learn. We're all, we're all learning and growing as we go through life. And this is a great opportunity to change some of our perspective. I love it. Steve, we could talk forever. I, I love your mission. I love what you're doing. I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, including links to your two books, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Sure. So I'm out on social media and uh, blogs, but the best way to get in touch with me is on my website. It's um, www.beyondintroversion.com. And so from there, you can see articles and posts, uh, books, quizzes, um, over 1500 people have taken quizzes that I have up there on introverts and how to understand your strengths and leadership skills. So um, it's all free. So um, yeah, check it out. And, and before I ask for your last words of wisdom, I'm going to just tell you, I don't know if this book exists, but if not, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm known for giving people great new titles and thoughts for new books. So awesome. you could have a book that's called the introverted Ex extrovert or the extroverted introvert. I don't know, but there, there's a good book in there. So if that hasn't been written, yes. I think you should do it because a lot of people, all, you know, to your point might be introverts acting as extroverts or vice versa. And mm. that conflict is really challenging. So there you go. There's book number three for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. Hey, well, and I mean, not, not to belabor that great point, but, um, but there's a, there's a um, continuum of introverts and extroverts and very, very few people are on either side all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We float along that based on certain circumstances, the people we're with. You know, I would say that, you know, I float along that line, but I'm primarily kind of in the middle of the introvert side of the equation. And other people are in various different spots. And we all have a at least a tinge of introversion and extroversion. And mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, once we understand that and accept that, it gives us another opportunity to learn more. I love it. Well, before we go, Steve, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think that what I would um, say is to really think about your energy level. So a lot of people ask, what is the definition of introversion? Mm -hmm. And um, it's not that we're loners or we're antisocial. 
for sure. And it's not even that I just like to be alone because almost every um, introvert does want to engage with other people, but it's really understanding our energy level. So at the end of a work week or even a work day, a lot of extroverts are like, well, I'd like to go out and go to a party. I'd like to have dinners this weekend. It's a way for them to rejuvenate and be ready for the next work week. That's for extroverts. For introverts, oftentimes we want, I need a little bit of time to recover. Usually that is by myself. I might want to listen to music or write or do some art or, or be at home with my close family and that sort of stuff. And, um, and I think that's helpful to recognize, but what I really want to emphasize is it's not a, um, a weekend thing. Recuperation is not for the weekends and for the late nights. It's really for the days. And so I think for introverts, if we're aware of our, our energy level, think about that during the day. A lot of things like social engagements, no matter how we do them, can be mm -hmm. stressful and, and draw from our energy level. So if we know we've got some big meetings coming up or a cocktail hour that we we're going to yes plan on that think about how you can use your strengths to do that but also prepare your energy level so you know take a little bit of time maybe take a walk before the meeting think thinking through things or just to relax give yourself a little bit of a bonus after some of those things and say you know i'm going to listen to some music or i'm going to do some meditation or it doesn't need mm -hmm. to take long but it helps to boost our energy level Otherwise, we're going to find at two or three o'clock, we are completely drained. And what I found is after most work days, I would just come home and I'd slump into the couch and, you know, my family got the remnants or whatever was left of me. Right. And so I think it's just thinking about our energy level, trying to find ways to boost our energy during the day. Yeah, I love it. I agree so much, Steve. Thank you so much. Great things for all of us to consider where our strengths are and uh, incredibly helpful advice. I'm so glad you were a guest with us today. Thank you so much, Michael. It was great. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.